theyeshiva.net. This is our fifth year on this Maimer of Ner Hanukkah, Tafresh Mem Gimel, presented by the Rebbe Rashab, Shabbos Hanukkah, Tafresh Mem Gimel, that's December 1882, in the English calendar, and we're up to Pedic Base, the second chapter. which in the copies is on the bottom of page Lamed Ches. I go to page Lamed Ches, all the way on the bottom, the last paragraph, Pedic Beis. Amnam adayin tzarech lahavin. But we still have to understand. <laughs> After everything that has been explained, and we explored last in all the previous shiurim, everything he explained in the first chapter, there's still something left. Adayin tzarech lahavin. Tzadik lamad is tzarech lahavin. You still have to understand. Why? Based on everything explained above, moving, we understand. We explained that when it says Loishonisi, Ani Hashem Loishonisi, I have not changed. What does it mean, I have not changed? It doesn't just mean that I didn't stop existing. It means that the oneness of pre creation. The infinite oneness of pre-creation continues now. I, there is so much ischalkus, so much ischalkus means so much division or so many differences, so much diversity, diversity is the word, in the Giliotis, in various revelations of Hashem's light, like He went through all the worlds and in each world, there's so many different states and so many different realities. So we explained. So, so that means in one place he's more pre- it would seem he's more present in another place. So we said no, because there's nothing that's blocking. Ancient Dover Master has explained at length. Ain Etzem Master Aletzem with the marshal of the hand on the head, and everything that has been discussed. And therefore, the conclusion was that the presence Lamata down here. In the lowest place is exactly like in the highest place. <coughs> He's just referring to everything that was explained. So what's there to understand? But mitzad the worlds themselves. How do you say there? Ani Hashem loishanisi meaning shekaidim loy hayu elamis. Before there were no worlds, then there's something called creation of the world, creation of the worlds. And that creation is a real thing. So, in other words, what is he saying? He explained at length that even though Havaya is shining through Shema Lakim and there's a filter and there's contractions and there's concealments, but that's only from the perception of the recipient. It's explained at length. But from the perspective of the Ein Saif, it's all 
its full presence, even in the concealment, because the concealment is also from him. Say that. So therefore, you can't say he's not he's less present here, he's less present there. But in reality, he created the worlds. In Yiddishkeit, you don't say it's all fake, it's fake news. It's not fake news. It's real. The question is, is it a Hester or is it not a Hester? So he said, what looks like a Hester from one perspective, because you don't see the other side, you don't see the whole Pnimi, it's like the marshal, right? The marshal that takes the student 40 years to see what was in this teaching. It's really just the same reality, but camouflaged or transmitted through all of these worlds through Shem Elikim. So that's the real meaning of it. But in reality, the Achdos Hashem, pre-creation and post-creation is very different. <laughs> pre-creation, there was no creation of a world. <laughs> Whatever that world means. And after creation, there's not just one world, but there's endless worlds. So you'll say, yeah, but ain't etzim master aletzim. Ain't a chilami. So it's talking not behester. In other words, it's not that it's blocking him, that he's not present. But you're not going to say it was a fictional story that there was a creation. There was no creation. That, that's, that's, that's antithetical to Judaism, that reality is fiction. There's no heaven, there's no earth, there's no I, there's no identity. That's not true. So to say, Hani Hashem Nisi means the same one as pre-creation seems not true. You could say this is the meaning of the world, the world is not a Hester, but it's a whole different reality. The Oilamas... There's, an, there's an, a, a new relationship. I'll put it this way. We learned about he wants a relationship. Ein melech yam. So you need an am. Zolzayin, that the am is just that should be able to be a melech. Okay, that's the am. Fine. But it's still an am. So he says, Mitzad ha'olemus. Achach nivruolemus. Achainyin. So now we, we have to go one step further. This question would be how you define reality if the worlds were taka, a mitzias, yeshvadava nifrit. We're taka separate, something separate. A yesh means its own autonomous existence and dava nifrit separate. Then the question would be a question. Then you could say that at least from their perspective, there's a change in the Mahava, at least from their perspective. Even if you want to say, right, that because ain't davar, ain't etzim master aletzim, so it's absolutely no Hester. So it's all ain't safe like pre-recreation. But as we said before, it's just an explanation that the, the concealment is not authentic. But it's a concealment. There's a student, right? That was the question the first day when we learned. There's still a student understanding so you'll say that student himself is really ain't safe. Okay, I understand. But in his experience, at least, there's something to work through. So to say that it's the same achdus mamish, that's not fair. So that's all if you define it as separate. Then you can ask this question. But here we have to understand. When you look at this world, or you look at yourself, and you perceive yourself as separate, you perceive yourself as lonely, you perceive yourself as detached, you perceive yourself as needing an ego in order to validate your existence, 
Ain't emes kain. It's not the emes. Ela be emes. What's the truth? Called nivre batele lekus betachlis. Every creation is completely aligned, completely one with godliness. Ela shenira legabenu shoyesh. Even though the perception is that it seems separate. But really, what's the definition of this world? And everything in it is bitl, as he's going to explain. And therefore, the Loishanisi is also mitzad the world itself, not just mitzad the Ein Saif, because he doesn't get blocked, but it's also the definition of the world. It's enough for, he, for, the, for the person who understands. But he starts explaining. Huh? <laughs> the Pasik says in Tehillim, Bidvar Hashem Shemayim Naso. It's the famous Pasik in Tehillim, Lamed Gimel. The, the heaven was created through the Dvar Hashem, the words of Hashem. Overruach Piv called Tzva. Which means, Shesavus HaShemayim, Midvar Hashem. What does it mean, Midvar Hashem, with the words of Hashem? David HaMelech is telling us in Tehillim that this Havos, the emergence, the existence, his Havos means existence, from the word Hoiva, the being of Shemayim, comes from the Dvar Hashem. What does it mean from the Dvar Hashem? The word of Hashem. Shehu HaMaymer Yehira Mize Nasa Shemayim. When there was a Maymer, the utterance, one of the ten utterances by creation, was Vayoymer Elikim. Yehira Kia, there should be a Rakia, there should be a firmament, so from those words, from that the heaven was created. That's what Bidvar Hashem Shemayim Nasu. So, not like you would think. He's saying so. It's not like you would think. You know, there's an expression in English, Abracadabra Kadu. You know what that is? Abracadabra is Evra Kadabeda. Abracadabra, you say, you know, let it be and it was. It's much deeper than that. It's not just, he could do what he wants, so he says it happened, like, boom, you know, like a magic trick, <laughs> a real a real, mag- a real, magic trick. I said it happened. It means something much more than that. Uksiv, the Pasuk says in Tehillim, also in Tehillim, Kofiutes, Lo'olam Hashem dvarchenitzav b'shamayim. Forever, Hashem, your word stands in heaven. So what does it mean? Here again, you can explain that your words, they will be, they'll happen. They, 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 they have eternal relevance. Huiftiach is yikayem. It's not gonna, it's not gonna, it's not gonna go back. It means something much more. This is a taich in the Medrash Tehillim, and the Balsham Tev explains it. Shedvar Hashem tzarechli is tamid behashamayim. La'olam Hashem dvarcha, your words, which words? The words Yehira Kia stand in the heaven. What does it mean it stands in the heaven? If those words, Yehirakiya, would depart even a moment from the heavens, it would revert to naught and nothingness. Ayin means nothingness, Ephes is naught. And there wouldn't be a reality of heaven. The Pasuk says it about Shemayim. But it's true about every one, every created being. The divine kayach. The kayach means the energy, the divine energy. The letters of speech, the letters of divine speech that create them. 
is always, needs to always be present in the created being. V'im yistalik chas v'shalom. If it departs, what becomes from the nivra? Nothing, not, not, nothingness. It's not that it becomes weaker; it becomes less alive. It gets it, 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 it malfunctions. It's ayin ve'efes. It's not. So when it says it's not Hashem said words, and yeah, He's God, so He said words. It happens. I could say from today till tomorrow, let there be a heaven, let there be a earth. Nobody's listening, right? Because <laughs> stand in your house and give commandments. <laughs> Nobody, and even if they are listening, I don't know what's going to happen from it. Because Hashem is Hashem. So it happened. The Zavart is much deeper than that. The Zavart is the Devar Hashem is present in the Rakia. Or to put it this, put it differently, the Rakia is the Devar Hashem. The Rakia, the heaven, is a manifestation of the words. So if the words are gone, there's no heaven. Why? You said it should be. It should be. Why are you leaving? Why are you leaving? I said you should be. Why? Who gave you permission? Who gave you permission to go back to nothingness? The answer is, It's a new title in the Basak. Those words are not words that were said, and boom, abracadabra, the heaven came out. The earth came out. Vegetation, produce, animals, fish, birds, the moon, the sun, the galaxies, the planets, it came out, and now it's there. Those words stand in the heaven to give them life, to give them existence. Why do they have to stand in heaven? Why? You said it once, let it happen. What <laughs> you, have to put, you have to monitor them with their troublemakers. If you don't watch them every moment, they're not going to do it. So the answer that's going to be explained is because really the Havana is, you have to understand what heaven is, what earth is. What is the nature of reality? Obeying and the explanation is the hine is havas ayelam is made in sof enek mykli hanasai dea uman. The explanation now is in Tanya and Shara Yichud, second chapter, second section, chapter two, and here he elaborates on it. The creation of the worlds from the oyrein sof, from Hashem's infinite energy, is not like a kli, like a vessel or utensil that's built by a craftsman, by an uman. Shonurayim, we see, a tzoyref is a, is a blacksmith. When a tzoyref, a smith, brings out a keli, which is amazing, he fashions a vessel with his hand. A potter, or whatever type of keli he's designing. It could be a goldsmith, a blacksmith, a silversmith, but a smith, a tzoyref. Tzoyref from the word siruf. And a keli comes out, a beautiful keli. A menoida, an orenkoidish, yeah? A table, a chair, whatever the keli is. <coughs> Excuse me. A bowl. The utensil endures and exists even when the hands of the craftsman, of the person who made it, are gone. It's only you have to continue building the vessel. You build it, and it's there. It could survive hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years after the craftsman is gone. The craftsman wasn't mechadish. He didn't create something new in the very existence of the thing, of the matter, the material from which the vessel was created. What does he do? 
he takes a piece of lumber, a piece of wood, a matches or metal, but a kesef, say silver or zav, gold, v'kadayma, or any other material that we're dealing with. It existed before that too. Making a vessel doesn't create the wood, doesn't create the metal. He's not mechadish the yeshes. He's not creating the very being of that of the very existence of that material. His contribution is amazing, but his contribution is in the tzura, in the form. First, it was a goylem. Goylem means raw material, crass material, not developed raw. A piece of lumber, you cut off a branch. And now, he fashioned it, right? He sculptured it. He designed it. He honed it. He cut it out. He carved it out. Whatever the form of doing it is. Which is a talent. It's a chiddush. You have to know what you're doing. But that was his contribution. He didn't create the silver. He didn't, he wasn't a chiddush. He didn't create a new physical reality. Now, it doesn't mean that he sticks to the original material. He may bring in other materials, right? He may, he may make a, 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 a concoction, a cholent of many ingredients. He may bring in more gold. He may bring in more silver. That's true. <laughs> he brought it from another yesh. Like an artist paints a picture. He uses this color and that color and that color. You bring in a, a good chef. You bring in ingredients from here and there. But what was your contribution? Contribution was you took ingredients and you knew how to combine them together and create, whether it's a delicious food or in this case, a beautiful utensil. Hence, the vessel can exist without the craftsman who made it. Why? Because he's not responsible for the very being of the Kli. He wasn't Mechadashit. So even when he's not here, he designed it. It continues to exist. Before he was ever around, this lumber was there. It may have been there. The metal was here. Whatever was here. So even after he's around, it's still here. He changed the design from a plain piece of lumber. It became, say, a table. Okay, but the table exists. The creation of the world has to be understood completely in a different way. Because this is called his havus yeshmei. Yeshmei means something from nothingness. What does it mean from nothingness? The metzius yesh, who is chachus gmure The yesh, the being of the world, is a completely new reality that didn't exist before. This is the difference between what's called in Sifri HaMechker, in the works of the Rambam and many other of the great Jewish thinkers and philosophers, there's something called Ilava Alul versus Yeshmeyayin. The word Ilava Alul, Ila means a cause, an antecedent, and Alul is the result, the, 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 what's called a Mesuvah, what comes from the Ila. Like the child is the alul, and the mother, the progenitor, the tree is the alul, and the seed, the seed of the apple tree, that's the ila for the apple tree. You plant the seed, and from there comes the tree. That's called ila v'alul. So there's a big difference between ishtalshlus ila v'alul, the evolution of ila to alul, to l'briya yashmeyayin. Ishtalshlus ila v'alul, kshenizgala metzias ha'alul, ein metzias meschadish kan bi'ikare. When the alul emerges, when the, the offspring the result emerges, it's not 
to be understood that a new reality fundamentally was innovated. It already existed in its source, in its progenitor. There is something new, and that is, it was revealed, it came out. The potentiality could have remained dormant in the seed. And it was brought out, it came out from concealment to revelation. That, yeah. You have it even in a person, an interesting example is Seichel Amidus. Seichel generally is considered awareness. Our cognitive faculties are called Seichel, the ability to reason, to reckon, to understand. Midis is what emerges from the Seichel. Midis is everything connected to emotions, sensations, experiences. There's different levels of Midis, but that's what Midis are. So he says, The Metzius of the Midah was already in the awareness. <laughs> There's no emotion that's not, that doesn't have a mother. <laughs> Every single emotion has a mother. There's a certain idea that gives birth to an emotion. I may not see it that way, but any emotion. I'm right now uh, overwhelmed with, with anger. I'm going crazy, right? I'm jealous, I'm angry, I'm upset. Okay. Huh? Happy, content, overjoyed, anxious, relaxed. Whatever level of middas, emotion, sensation, experience. So it's very easy to get stuck there. But can I look back and say, who's the mother? <laughs> there's a mother, there's a father. <laughs> there's, there's some belief, some, some belief, some notion, some idea that gave birth to this, to this little monster <laughs> or to this angel, as you would say. It's not easy to see because I'm usually overwhelmed by what I'm feeling, right? But it's very, very helpful. It's extremely helpful to be able to see the ilah of the olu. Ah, but the sperm, the egg. Right, but the potential, right? And the gene, it goes back all the way to Adam and Chava. <laughs> Ultimately. The sperm, the egg, yeah, it needs a lot of development to, to get from Adam to me or to you. It took a long, took a long time to get from the, the apple tree that exists today in the garden from the first apple tree of Sheshes and Mebedeshes was a lying parsha, 5,783 years. But ultimately, right, in that first seed, when Hashem says, Tatshe Yaritz Desha, Esav, Mazria, Zera, Eitz, Pri, Oisa, Pri, Leminoi, Leminoi. That every tree is going to have the ability to regenerate, to reproduce. Eitz, Pri, Oisa, Pri. In Bereshis. It's going to make a Pri, Leminoi, with that species. You're not going to plant a seed of an apple tree and get an orange tree, or a kiwi, or a watermelon. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Why? Why are you not going to get a watermelon or a kiwi? The answer is you need a different seed. Because the seed, you're not going to have a father and a mother give birth, a human father give birth to a horse. He may call himself a horse, somebody else may call him a fed, but he's not a horse, he's a human being. And you're not going to have a, a mommy horse give birth to a human being. Because as far as it is, the ilah from the alul, there's always a relationship. Because it was there in potentiality, it just had to be developed and actualized, even if that actualization could take thousands of years. 
and the relationship between the beginning and the end is very, very, uh, very, very, uh, very remote. Generally speaking, we have mashalim, but by humans, real yesh not ilav Allah, we don't have. No, even when you're creating a program, you're a software engineer or artificial intelligence, right? Ultimately, we're taking a yesh and we're just bringing out its potential. But like he says, you're taking the ingredients that exist. Obviously, in a Microsoft engineer, he's tuning in to very profound potentials of the human brain. And then it exists. He'll see, he'll explain. Let's see right there. The Metzius of the Middah was there in the Seichel before. It wasn't felt. Why? It was more of an idea. It doesn't begin right away as a feeling. And then, when it comes into my heart, now I feel it, and now it's expressed, it's concretized as a very tangible reality. That's called ilo But it wasn't now created fundamentally. In other words, the essence of it is completely new. What does yeshmeyayin mean? Why is it called from nothing? Really, it seems like a very insulting expression. Yeshmeyayin, something from nothing. It didn't happen from nothing. The Pasuk says, What's Yeshmeyayin? Something from nothing? It happened from, it sounds almost like random, from nothing it happened. The Pshat from nothing is, is not defining God. It's defining the reality. It's Yesh that didn't first exist in a previous reality, right? Like Hashem was an artist. He said, okay, bring me the canvas, bring me the pigment, bring me the quill, bring me the feather. We'll make a beautiful world. <laughs> we'll make the Grand Canyon. We'll make a few galaxies. Bring me all the ingredients. Bring me the seeds and we'll plant them. That's not yesh me'ayin. That's yesh me'yesh. Yesh me'ayin means that it's a new reality. In other words, if you identify the potentiality of this reality in its source, it's not like it was there in its source, and it just was developed. It's completely a new reality, yesh me'ayin. And therefore, who is chachus gemurah be'ikara, dehine gam ha'chaykrim even the philosophers, are ma'ida, shemitzi, dehishavos ha'gashmi menoruchni, ein lechabriya yesh me'ayin gadolmeza. The emergence of material from spiritual there's no greater yeshmeyayin. Something from no thing emerges. And that's not yeshmeyash. Yeshmeyash means dover mi dover. One thing from something else. Now that's something else. It needed actualization. But because it ultimately comes from that thing, there is a symbiosis, there's a relationship between the original dover, the original thing, and the last thing. Because the properties of the final product can be identified in the original source, even if in a very, very, very subtle and what you would call nebulous, nebulous fashion. Maybe, very subtle and nebulous. Nebulous means very, um, not concrete, it's not easy to see it. But because the first davar has in it the last davar, the first thing has the last thing, it's really a development. 
So therefore, when the last thing comes out, you don't need to constantly create it. Because you're just bringing out what was always there. You didn't create the first source, and you just brought out what was in that source. Even though you brought it out and you get a lot of credit for that. But it has its own existence outside of you. It always had its existence outside of you. Something and not something are opposites. In no, you don't have yeah. Right? In in loidavar, in the non-thing, you don't have the thing. It's not like you have the thing and it's potentially and it's nebulous and it's concealed. It's not like seichel and midas. Seichel is a dover, it's a thing. It's an awareness, it's an idea. You don't see emotion, but the emotion is a child from that idea. Yes, you need to give birth to the child, the seed has to grow, the, the egg has to grow, the embryo has to grow. An emotion grows. But its growth is not coming from nowhere. It's not dover from loy dover. It's dover from dover. Yesh meyayin means something from an antecedent that it's, it's, it's source, so to speak. It wasn't Hashem developed something from, he had a, a, a old version of the world, like a blueprint, you know, a previous version. And based on this, we're going to build a new reality. Yesh meyayin means it's a chiddush. It's a real chiddush. So the emergence from the thing, from no thing, is a new reality, not a development from a previous, it was there in its source, and I just brought it out. An example for this, an example. At least on some level of perception. Here also, it's not the perfect muscle, but when you look at a, a, you know, we take these things for granted, how grain grows, or a fruit grows. You planted a seed, the seed decomposes. That's what happens. The seed has to decompose in the earth and become part of the earth. And from this koyach atzimeach, from this vegetative power in the earth, suddenly a tree comes out with fruits. Shehudavar chadosh, when Hashem made it, made this mechanism in the beginning of creation, it's a dogma, it's an example. It's not a perfect example, but it's an example. It's one of the closer examples that we have to Yashmeyayan. You come to the earth, there's an orange in the earth, you're going to eat earth. How are you going to eat earth? You can't eat earth. And then you put in a seed, the seed decomposes, and then there's grain, or there's fruits, and different types, and from where did it grow from? You had a combination. You had air, you had sunlight, (coughs) you had earth, you had water, and you had a seed, and boom! (laughs) This thing comes out. Now you want to find in the earth, you're going to find the fruits, you're going to find the grain. So here you have a how the science and how the mechanism works. Again, we take it for granted because it's part of Teva. But it's really uh, quite quite unfathomable. Right. Right. A mushle in the sense of what you see, you're not going to see, look in the earth and say, again, we take this so for granted, but look in the earth and say, 
You know, somebody's going to start telling you that from the wall is going to grow, going to grow, going to grow bread, grow fruits. But it's the same chiddush. So you look at the earth. He says it's not like you see in the earth the potential for fruits, the potential for grain, and then it emerges. It's 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 like a dogma of a tremendous chiddush. So this gives us an understanding in the nature of all of the creation of the world, which is Yeshman, which is Hagam. So what's the Nikud here? But here you can ask a big question. Hagam the Behechrich Loimar. Hagam the Behechrich Loimar Shekold Avashinesavahayakolotchilabimakaira. Even though the truth is, everything that was created does come from a source. And it was first in its source. Umashaloyash Bukayach, Yevshaliyaz Bapayolkiyadua. It was first the potential, and then it came out l'chayda. Is it really yesh mayayin? Wasn't the we learned earlier about seder shtalshlos that everything, even the coffee being the fruit, it has a source, and they came out from the source, from the divine source. That's true. But not the yesh, the spiritual idea of it was in its source. Person builds a home. First, you have a dream. You want to build a house. And then you plan the house in your mind. And then. You actually build it, or you hire a good contractor to build it. So it starts off with a dream. Everything that you build, a company, an organization, a website, a movement, a house, a path, whatever it is, it starts off, I have a dream, and then you dream what you want it to look like, or the architect dreams what he wants it to look like, and then ultimately it comes out. What's the relationship of the dream of the house? You imagine what your house should look like or what your company should look like to the actual house. Without that dream, without the desire and the thought, it would have never happened. You didn't have in your mind the stones and the wood and the earth in your brain. Your brain, you had an idea, you had an imagination, you had a desire what it should look like. But that's not helping the contractor. To put it differently, that's not going to minimize the price. It's all nice in my head. But from that to building, as we know, is a whole different process. So when you say something is included in its source, it can mean two separate things. We're talking about on a physical level. The apple tree comes from the seed, the baby comes from the egg. That's what we're talking about. When you say the whole world was first in Hashem's mind and therefore spiritual energy, it's a whole different Indian. The token of it, the, the idea of the house, yeah. But the actual physical house, you need somebody to create. It's not like it's, it's a development from my mind. <laughs> Take the stone out of my mind and put it in the, put it into the house. What was in the person's mind? The ruchni of the bias. The spirituality of the house. The concept, the design, even the format. But all in an imagination. 
Not the house itself. The house itself, that existed where? In stones, and in rocks, and in wood, and in sheetrock, and in tiles, <laughs> and in beams. And from there, the contractor put it all together. That's his yesh yesh. My imagination, yeah, that's before everything. But that's still a spiritual house. You can't make business from that. You can't build a house from that. Put it that way. That's not going to be expensive. You could sit all day and dream up a lot of houses. It's not going to cost you money. Why not? Because it's not worth much. It's worth everything if you, if you act on it. But essentially, it's just the spirituality of the house. So now we'll understand. All the worlds come from their source. Everything first begins in the divine source. It's the energy, it's the spiritual energy of the world. The physical reality, that's yesh me'ayin. Before that, there was nothingness. It wasn't here. That's why it's called a leap, a quantum leap. The dilug, a leap, is when the result is something that can't be compared. It's not a relative development of its source. When they evolve from each other, they're comparable to each other, they're relative to each other, and that's why they're submerged one in another. It's with a development. The Gashmi doesn't flow naturally, organically from the Ruchni. So the emergence of the spiritual, of the physical, of the spiritual, is not in an order. It's called a leap. Al pihanal yuvan, according to all of this, will be understood. If so, we understand how the ayin that creates this yesh needs to always be present in the yesh. Why? Since the Yesh is something new that didn't exist before, So without the source, it won't exist. Because it's, essentially it doesn't exist. It's ayin. So if the source creating it departs, It'll go back to nothingness. In ilova alu, the alul is not new. The alul existed in the original ila, even if it took a long time to develop and actualize. But you're bringing out something that fundamentally has an innate existence. Even when you're gone, the creator, the developer, the designer, the builder is gone. It continues to exist. Like the artist's painting, he takes canvas, he takes a quill, he takes pigment, he puts together a masterpiece. Without him, it would have never come together this way. Yeah? It may sell for $20 million, $150 million, if he's the right artist. But even hundreds of years after he died, the artist is still here. Why is the art here? Because you can't call it yesh me'ayin. Everything has its innate existence outside of the artist. The artist brought out, yes, it, it, he, he brought out the potential of these colors. He brought out the potential of these colors. And the same is true with every other form of construction, and art. So therefore, you don't need the ilah 
to always be present in the Allah. The Allah has an independent existence. You know why? Because it always had an independent existence. Because even in the original source, this was there in potentiality. When you're talking about the Ayin, where does the Yesh come from? It's not a development of the Ayin. It's completely new. In other words, you can't identify and find the Yesh in the Ayin. You can't identify it in the Ayin. It's completely new. It's not like the Ayin has in its potential that the Yesh brings out. It's really a new reality. It's from Loidavar, from nothingness, came somethingness. I, we said, everything is in its source first. So that's the spirituality of the worlds. But in terms of the physical Yesh, that's a new reality. If it's a completely new reality, so then its creator needs to constantly create it because if it's left on its own, what is it on its own? It goes back to nothingness. And he explains a mushal for this. Hamashal bazahu, to give a metaphor for this, kemai evan. Take a rock. Give a mashal from a rock or a ball. Shetivayhu laded lamata. Its nature in our world, based on gravity, however you explain it, but the nature is that a rock or a physical thing, it's going to fall down, it's going to go down. If you take your, your football or you take your stone and you throw it, you throw it. You take a brick, you throw it down from a tall building, it's going to go further and further and further until it stops. But what happens if you take the same stone or the same ball and you throw it upwards, not down? After a moment or a few moments, it's going to fall down. Why? Why doesn't it stay up there? So you'll say, well, it's a ball, it's a rock. It's, <laughs> it's not an outer space. It doesn't have the properties of a bird. doesn't fly. It's not an airplane. comes back. Because it's contrary to its nature. person's arm is strong. So you have the ability, you have the ability to create this chiddush that it should go up, not down. So as long as my arm's power is surrounding and infested in the ball, in the stone, carrying it upwards, it's going to continue to fly up. The moment my koyach, how, how powerful is my arm? So some people could throw a ball and it could fly a very long time. But also, <laughs> it's going to come back. Why? Because left on its own, a ball doesn't fly. On our planet, a ball falls down. So why is it not flying? Well, it's flying. So you say, it, should, it doesn't become a flying football. It doesn't become a flying rock. It's your kayach. It's your energy. It's your power that's defying its natural inclination and keeping it up in the air. When your arm is strong and you know how to give a throw, so it can go. It can go for 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, maybe more. But at some point, that energy is going to be depleted. So what happens? It goes back to its natural devices. Its natural devices, boom, it comes back down. So the same is true with the world. The who is 
since their very mitzias is a new reality, it's contrary to their source. It's not bringing out something new. Because even though they pre-existed, but that was a spiritual existence. The physical existence is a completely new Chiddush. So it always needs the Creator to keep the football flying. And here it's not flying, it's existing. In the metaphor, the stone is going to exist whether you touch it or not. The ball is staying. But to fly, you need your energy. So you say, why doesn't it continue to fly? And the answer is, because it never flew. You, you made it fly. The football doesn't fly. <laughs> Rocks don't fly. You made it fly, unless there's a hurricane, there's a tsunami, there's a storm. The storm made it fly. Your hand made it fly. Why doesn't it continue? It never did. Well, it was. It was. It was your hand. It was your kayak. It was your arm. Kayak is gone. It depleted. It doesn't stay in the stone forever. So what happens? It naturally reverts back to its natural state. What's its natural state? It comes back down. So the same is true with all of the worlds that are yesh mayayin, as long as the ayin is recreating the yesh, like a flying football, it exists. The moment it stops, it goes back to what it is. What is it? Nothingness. Because it's it's something from nothing. If it's something from nothing, essentially in nothingness, there's no existence for, there's no potentiality for something. So as long as you recreate it, great. And if not, it goes back to what it is, which is ayin. That's why la'olam Hashem dvarcha. That's what he finishes there. You say, I threw the ball in the morning, it should fly for the whole day. No. It falls, you have to throw it up again and again and again and again and again. <laughs> That's what electricity does, right? You create electricity and it continues to energize it. So, so to speak, you have a battery in the ball, it could continue to fly, but it needs that energy, something external. And what happens here? If the source departs, so this chidush is not there anymore, this new thing, they go back to the way it was before they were created, which is what? Nothing. So your words have to always stand in the heavens. In the heavens they have to stand. Because the Dvar Hashem is the only thing that recreates it from Ayin Leyesh. Every single created being is that way. And without this, it's not so worrying because it's never happened. It's not about worrying. It's about the nature of reality. I'll give a meta, a little. I'll give a little metaphor. I once gave it to you. That's why we say in davening, "I'm a chadish betuve bechol yom tamid masabereshes." And bechol yom doesn't mean only every day. Bechol yom tamid, tamid every day, constantly every day. It's not stam. I'm a chadish. Just a statement. It's the na- it, it defines the nature of reality. Just give another metaphor. Again, it's it's a, it's it's far from perfect, but it just uh, sometimes people respond to different metaphors in different ways. 
I shared this with you once, but it's I think it, it it brings a certain it brings a certain relevance to it. There's a concept everyone is familiar with it. Anyone who grew up in a yeshiva or in an educational system or you sit in shul, it's called daydreaming. You know what daydreaming is? Daydreaming is a person sits and you can have a very, very interesting and long daydream. Probably it's likely that somebody right now, I am disturbing them from their daydream and I don't mean to, I ask Mechila, you can continue daydreaming it should be good about good things. Daydreams are very rich, right? Yeah? Huh? That's thick. <laughs> I hope you're daydreaming a big house, a nice house, and, and the architect will respond, and the contractor will respond. In day, daydreams could be very visual, right? Because you don't even realize you're daydreaming. In a daydream, you could be on an airplane. You could even see the people you're talking to. You can even f- feel the emotions, right, in a daydream. You could go shopping. You could do whatever you want, and it's always cheap. In a daydream of everything, you don't have to pay for it. You could buy whatever you want. You can go. And people go. Often if somebody has a big trip or a big event, a few days before, you'll daydream, right? I remember I was once, years ago, I had to speak. It was like five or 10,000 people. So a few days before, I was walking, and suddenly I find myself daydreaming. I'm in the hall. I see the people. I even hear their reactions after I finish speaking. It never happened. But a daydream could put it all together. You can even see faces. You can even get angry at people in your daydream, you know? This guy is jealous, and I hate him. I don't like him. It's, it's, it's all, you have people, you have emotions, you have colors. All the properties of existence are there. Until the sermon finishes. The sermon finishes, or the teacher, the Rebbe says, dismissed, recess, go play basketball, and suddenly, vayikatz paroi, vihinei chaloim. It was a daydream that went for four minutes, five minutes, and maybe ten minutes, six minutes if you're a good daydreamer. And you're up. And suddenly you may have been at a game, and at the game there were 30,000 people in the stadium, and you saw them, you even eating a kosher hot dog with mustard and ketchup, and it's all gone. What happened to all these people? Where are they? They were just there. It's a foolish question, right? Why are they not there? What happened to all the people? There were 30,000 people in my head or at least 10 people in my head. Where are they? They're gone. So you'll answer me, they were never, they were never there. <laughs> what do you mean they were never there? They were there. They'll say, they were in your head. What does it mean they were in my head? What does that really mean, they were in my head? They're always in my head. You're also in my head. <laughs> You're also in my head. Everybody, everything is in my head. What, are, what does your wife tell you? It's in your head, yeah? What does your therapist tell you? It's in your head, no? So just to define it, the reality of these 30,000 people in my daydream, yeah, they don't have a reality outside of my thoughts. They're made up of my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. You're not made up of my thoughts. A narcissist thinks everybody is made up of his thoughts. But a normal person knows you're not made up of my thoughts. I may be thinking about you, and you may be in my head. And my relationship to you may only be in my head. It's usually the way it is. But your reality is, is not defined by my thought. The characters in the daydream are all there. And they're very alive. <laughs> and they're very emotional. They're interesting people. You can have conversations. You can buy and sell. You could travel to Australia and back, first class. I'll go to fine. But they have no reality outside 
of the waves in my neural pathways. <laughs> the biochemical <coughs> excuse me, vibrations in my brain, that's what's creating them. That is their definition. So they don't have a reality outside of my thoughts about them. So as long as I'm thinking about them, they exist. When I stop thinking this daydream, they don't exist. Why not? What happened to them? Answer, they have no reality outside of your thought. They don't exist. They exist because you think they exist. That is their existence. That defines their existence. If that defines their existence, so the moment the thoughts have changed, (laughs) I woke up from the class, it's time to go play. It's recess. They don't exist. It's like somebody will say, I'm standing in front of a mirror. And you could see me in the mirror. And then I move away. And suddenly I'm not in the mirror. What happened? You were just in the mirror. The answer is you weren't in the mirror. (laughs) The mirror was reflecting you. No, you were in the mirror. Why are you not there anymore? You were not in the mirror. You were standing in front of the mirror. The moment you moved away, there's no reflection. It's not a perfect example. But it, it it, it gives another time here. That's the difference of Ilo va'olol is the pshat. I didn't create these characters. Even the keli, the most beautiful table, the lumber was there. And the lumber is there without the, without the, the carpenter. And the painting was there, the, the colors were there without the carpenter. What I did was, I brought out the potential of that which existed without me. And I brought it out in a certain way. So it can continue to be without me. That's ilova Allah. And everything in our world, or most things in our world, at least what we're familiar with, relatively speaking, it's always we take one thing and we develop it. You take a dollar, you invest it, and hopefully more money will come out. You take a thousand dollars, you invest it, and more comes out of it. We develop things. We take one thing and we bring out its full potential. Everything in the world is that way. Every child is born from the egg and the sperm of the the seed of the father and the mother, (coughs) which contains their genes, which goes back previous generation, comes from a previous, all the way from the first, from the beginning. Right? And therefore, even the last apple tree it has a relationship with the first seed. And that's why from that seed comes out an apple tree, not a lemon tree, not an Essex tree. And not a car, and not an airplane, and not a lion, and not a horse. Why? Because the properties of the final product were there in the original product, even though it took a long time to develop. So then once it emerges, it's always there. It has its own existence outside of the person. It's not like when a mother is a father, a mother, chas v'shalom, leave the world, the child doesn't exist anymore. Why doesn't the child, child shouldn't exist? <laughs> when a shadchan makes a shidduch and he goes away, the shidduch hopefully doesn't break up. <laughs> Why not? Well, I made it. I made you. I, I'm your mother. I'm your father. You brought me out. Emes, without the mother, there would be no child. Without the seed, there would be no tree. Without the carpenter, there would be no table. Without the silversmith, there would be no menorah. You brought it out. But you brought out something that exists. Yesh me'ayin. Yesh me'ayin. Back to my daydream. There's no existence outside of my thought. 
That's what yesh me'ayin means. Something from nothing. Why is it called nothing? Why is it called nothing? Something from nothing? The answer is, you can't find somethingness in nothingness. <laughs> if you look into nothingness, you won't find somethingness. You won't find davar in loit davar. In the seed, you'll find an apple tree in potential. Right? In the embryo, you'll find a person in potential. You still need work, it needs development, but in potential you'll find it. <coughs> yesh ayin means in the ayin you won't see the yesh, even in potential. That's why it's, it's called nothing. It's not something from. It's from nothing. In parentheses, Derech Agav, he asks a big question. We always learn about Seder Shtalshalos, that even a coffee bean started in Atzillus. An apple started in Atzillus. We looked in the previous shiurim. Everything evolves from the spiritual to the physical. So it's not a stid, it's two separate things. The spirituality of the world. Like the house, the design, the purpose, the mission. That's all in my mind. But tapara da placha, and tapara da placha means tapara da placha. The axe on the wood. That you can't do in your mind. The axe on the wood, that's the physical reality. That's yesh meyayin. The fact that the whole world exists on a spiritual level, in a higher plane, MS. And in that sense, it emerges. Yeah, but that's a different type of emergence. That's like a house that comes from my plans. My plans don't create the house. You need physical stones and wood and earth. It's a whole different process. In terms of the gashmi, that's yesh meyayin. If it's yesh meyayin, so now you created it. So now you want it to be. What do you want to be? What do you want to be? Back to my daydream. I want that the people that I created should continue to be here. One second, one second, one second. The whole definition of their existence is... What's the definition of their existence? Your thoughts. You're thinking about them. That's the Havon of Yeshmeyayin. <laughs> it's hard for us to think about it that way. But the Havon of Yeshmeyayin is that the whole Yesh, what makes it a Yesh... Huh? That Hashem creates it. That Hashem creates it. So if He's creating it, it exists. If He's not creating it, it doesn't exist. You say, well, why not? It existed here. It existed. The characters in the daydream existed. Your thoughts existed. That's His muscle of the, of the, of the stone or of the football, right? Nobody's going to say, wow, look. Here is a football that flies. <laughs> well, but it's, fly- it's flying, but it doesn't fly. <laughs> Here's a bird that flies. Right? Here's a ball that flies. The ball is not flying. Your hand is making it fly. No, it is flying. <laughs> so he says the same as existence. Here's a world that exists. No, it's like a flying ball. The world doesn't exist. <laughs> You're making it exist. You're making it exist. It exists. The difference is the ball flies for 20 seconds. And the world exists for thousands of years. So you can decide that it's a flying ball, but it's not a flying ball. And what happens if my energy is depleted? My energy leaves the ball, boom, comes back down. What happens to the yesh? When the ayin is not presently recreating it completely, 
It is what it is. What is it? What it always was. I. No, it exists. It never existed. It never will exist. There's no it. It's a whole different Havana than Ilavalu. So you say, why not with everything? Everything exists. Again, everything exists after there's a Yashmeyayin. But the sculpture, he took the statue, he took the, the marble, and he sculptured it. Meiridik, what he did. and he brought out, he carved the stone in a way that I can't carve it. Right, but Michelangelo's sculptures continue to exist hundreds of years after he's here, after he's gone. Why? You don't say it's, it's not yesh It was always there, the potential was always there. You brought out what essentially exists outside of you. And think about those characters. Again, the characters in the daydream is not a good muscle because they're not tangible. <laughs> you can't touch them. Yesh you know, you can go to the bank with it. Your daydreams are daydreams. But it's a muscle in the sense that you see, the moment you stop thinking about it, it ceases to exist. Even though it was so powerful. Why does it cease to exist? It ceases to exist because it has no existence outside of your thoughts about them. And that's the definition of Yeshmeyan. Yeshmeyan means the Yesh has no existence outside of the creator that makes it exist. And a semi-metaphor is the ball that is not flying. It's flying. But it didn't become a flying ball. It's flying because your energy, it's flying, is, is you. You're making it fly. Even though the person who sees it just sees it's flying. You look at the Yesh existence, you say, it exists. No. <laughs> Just like in the daydream, if I have an x-ray into your brain, I see all these 30,000 people. It's your thoughts that make it happen. Bistoifus? That's pshat. Bidvar Hashem shamayim nasu lo'olam Hashem dvarchim The dvar Hashem is always present. Why is it always present? Hashem can't do it uh, once. The answer is you have to understand the nature of reality. It's always present because that is the heaven. <laughs> that is the earth. It's not something separate. I'm a powerful God. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. But the question is, what's the nature of reality? The truth of reality is the Dvar Hashem. That is what it is. So you say, there's no Dvar Hashem. It should exist. What? What should exist? <laughs> it's ayin. It's nothing. Is I typhus? It's a little mufshit. It's because uh, the world looks so real. The ayin is Hashem. Why are you calling it nothing? Because look at the yesh. The yesh is not coming from something. It's not God had a had a. Huh? The ayin is more real than the yesh. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like. Hashem had pre-existing materials. Yeah. He said, give me a little of this. Give me some oxygen. Give me some, hyd- give me some hydrogen. <laughs> give me this gas. Give me that gas. Boom, 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 boom. Right? That's not the vert. Yesh may ayin. It comes from ayin. So what do you mean it comes? How does it come from ayin? It doesn't come from ayin. It's a chiddush. It's a, it's a new reality. So... So it exists, there's no it, there's no such a thing. 
never was, never will be. May I in Yavah Yezre. Yeah, may I in Yavah Yezre. That's a, that's a famous title. The Balatani says, may I in Yavah Yezre. But Pashtas may I in means from where? <laughs> it's a question. But there's a title, may I in Yavah Yezre, with an exclamation point. See, no, it's here. What's here? The creator is here. The creator is making the yesh happen. The ball is flying. It's your kayak that's making it fly. So don't attribute existence to the world. Just like you don't attribute flight to the stone. Attribute existence to the divine. And the world at every single moment is being created. Like the characters in my head. They're here every moment. As long as I'm thinking they're here. Why, why are they gone when I'm not here? When I'm not thinking? The answer is, because they're yesh man. They don't have an existence outside of me. If I stop thinking about Rabbi Isaac, I hope I won't. But if I stop thinking about Rabbi Isaac, he'll still exist. He'll still exist. Huh? <laughs> Let's hope. At least we're trying to get to that place. Right? Even if you stop thinking about me, I still exist. But you're not thinking, so you're not thinking about me. Some people think about other people all day. They're obsessed. But even if you stop, hopefully, <laughs> they'll exist. Why? The answer is why not? <laughs> you stop thinking about why shouldn't I exist? But the characters in my brain, in my daydream, are not like that. The moment I stop thinking about them, they're not here. Why? The answer is because it's Yesh. May I? <laughs> Where did they come from? He didn't come from my thoughts. I told you, narcissists think they create everything. Who said Descartes? I think, therefore I am. The Mimer says, God thinks, therefore I am. <laughs> or God speaks, therefore I am. That's the I. You say, no, the, the, why, where's your I? Your I? What's your I? What's your I? His I is not that I'm thinking about him. That's not his I. And if it is, it's a problem. <laughs> right? That's, that's, that's called Avedizara. This is important. Avedizara means you attribute the properties of God to somebody else. When you start believing that your existence is defined by somebody else's thoughts, that's Avedizara. You hear? You're attributing God's properties to a person. And some people feel that way. It's a very deep wound. My existence is defined by your thoughts of my existence. That's a very, very limiting, limited way of living. Whether it's people-pleasing or it's fear, but my existence is defined by what you think. (laughs) Somehow I have no existence outside of you. That's a very, very sad state. Because now my whole existence is defined by somebody else's mishagasen. And insecurities and, and illnesses and who knows what. So, what quantum mechanics is teaching us is that in the tikkun of the Bria, where human be- the human being becomes closer and closer to the boire, to the creator, what we learn in quantum mechanics is how our thoughts of reality define reality. So that's giving us a closer metaphor that all of reality is consciousness. That's what it is. It used to be, now this whole tilpilpul, you had to take like some, okay, I hear what he's saying. Fine, this is a... Today, 
I say this often, but it's important to emphasize. When the Chazal said, or the Nasu, it looked a little strange. The world emerged from ten utterances, from words. Words, really, words. Okay, again, abracadabra, you're a magician, you could do what you want. Today, right, how are living organisms defined in their fundamental state? And the answer is, by Oiseus. By Oiseus. The helix, that what they call the DNA, that was discovered only in the 1950s. That's my mamash, uh, <laughs> you know, the DNA is a baby. It's not really a baby, but we discovered it. What's DNA? DNA is defined as, they call it letters. It sequences of four letters. Now, it's not actual letters in the alphabet. It's chemicals, but they define it as letters because they function like Isis. They function like a program. Push it like the alphabet, like the olive base. And the tzirufim of DNA literally creates every single living organism. And one sequence is off, one tzirufim is off, right? A letter before another letter, it can wreak havoc on the, on the, on the person or on the living organism. In terms of disease, chas v'shalom, <coughs> malfunctioning, something missing, a little tiny alteration in a chromosome. It's half of a fella. In other words, to define the world as words is actually a very, very, uh, very apropos definition. But what are words? Words are programs. Programs are thoughts. They're ideas. It's a consciousness. It's a rotsin. It's a rotsin. And that's not the source of the world in some abstract spiritual way. It's the physical, the physical makeup of a person. You talk about a person. What is a person? What are you made up of? What are your building blocks? <laughs> a house has building blocks. What are the building blocks of a person? The answer is Oiseus. Not just of a person. Every living organism. Mamish Oiseus. And even inorganic matter. You have the structures of atoms. Everything is tzirufim. Everything is compounds. Which come together from smaller elements. From smaller elements. Literally synchronized and put together in a system that allows this matter to exist. What is at the core of all of it, he says, that's Dvar Hashem. If there's no Dvar Hashem, it's not like it's going to get weak. There's no Metziyah's Bechlal. You say, you want it to exist. There's no it to exist. That's what Yesh is. When it's you, again, you're, defined, you're not defined by my thoughts. And if you are defined by my thoughts... It's a shtikal of a I become God. But when you talk about the world, when you talk about the world, it has no existence outside of his thinking it and speaking it into existence. That's yesh me ayin. Ayin means nothingness. You don't exist. Sorry. I hate to say, these 30,000 guys in my head, they're nice people. Not all of them. But I'm sorry, you don't exist. What is your existence? You're a yesh. May ayin. You don't exist. But you do exist. Yes. <laughs> your definition of your existence is the divine devarashem. That changes everything because that means that who are you? <laughs> what does it mean? Who are you? You are the devarashem. So can you be separate from God? <laughs> Now you say, do I have a relationship with Hashem? Don't have a relationship with Hashem. It's a moot question. 
Do you have a relationship? Do you have a relationship? I'm so bad, I don't have a relationship. If you would know how horrible I am, you would realize I don't have a relationship. So this was Megala, the whole Yisoyed is wrong. You are one big relationship. It's, your whole Metzius is a relationship. Even your sins are a relationship. You're not understanding the nature of the relationship. But don't such a thing, you don't have a relationship. It's not even a relationship, it's, it's one. A relationship means... We relate to each other. We connect. Here it's not you connect. Thus is the God There's no relationship with God. You don't exist. Good gesagt. Huh? Well, it says, You're right. Well, that's describing Sheshis Yimei Bireshis. But that continues. Bireshis Bara. You're right. You're right, but it's also on the path. Bireshis Bara. Why doesn't it say Bireh? Yeah, he's describing the sheishes mebereshes, but yet yeah, continues. That's why I'm a chadish betuve bechol yem talmud masebereshes. Don't think Bara was once, and after that, God went to Hawaii on vacation, or he went to Muncie, and the World Gate Azoi. Based on this, you also understand the whole union of Ashgacha Pratis. There were philosophers that believed there must be a God to create the world. But the miracles in, 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 in Tanakh can't exist because that's ridiculous. Or the Inarashgacha Pratis, all these things. Right? Once you toifes this Nakuda, you understand every moment of creation is, is literally a nace. And every moment of creation is divine providence. It's active, conscious. Every Nakuda of the Bria. <laughs> so what does bitl to Hashem mean? See now I translate bitl or I translate. The worst thing you could say what bitl means is you destroy yourself for the sake of God. What's missing with this definition? Nuzag. <laughs> You're not destroying yourself. First of all, you can't destroy yourself. And to find God means find yourself. <laughs> That's the exact opposite. A relationship with Hashem means a relationship with yourself. Huh? So bitl means I shed the layers that try to create a fake yesh that doesn't really exist. I could let go of those layers and I could let the yesh be what it really is. And then it's at peace. That's what bitl is. Without bitl, I have to create a new yesh in my mind in order, because everything wants to exist, because Hashem wants it to exist. So I create a new yesh in my mind. This is what a fake ego looks like. What's a fake ego? Imagine the guy in my mind, the character in my mind, is having a bad day. <laughs> so he says, you know what? <laughs> Let me boost my confidence. <laughs> and he goes on a whole journey <laughs> to reinvent himself and he creates a whole reality for himself like but by definition and then he's frustrated so he becomes an addict <laughs> and then you tell him you can relax you're as powerful as is <coughs> God is thinking about you you're good you're ain't safe you're infinite <coughs> 
There's a Jewish author, he's a secular guy, I don't know if he's alive anymore. He wrote a book, it's called, I think, Breakfast Champions, Vanagot, Kurt Vanagot, Breakfast of the Champions. So, he has an interesting story over there. <laughs> huh? It's a it's a it's a novel about a novel. It's a novel about a novel. It's not a novel about a story. It's it's a novel about a novel. So there's somebody. Uh, I read an article about it. I don't know, like maybe 25 years ago. So I, I don't remember the details. It was very cute. But uh, the Nakuda, there's a guy sitting in a bar, and he's drinking, and he wants to feel good, and he's drinking more and more and more and more, and he hears footsteps. And he starts sweating. And the footsteps are getting closer and louder and he starts trembling. The person is getting closer and he's now losing himself. And then he says, and then these footsteps that he's been hearing actually emerge. The person emerges into the bar and suddenly this fellow drinking returns to nothingness. He's, he's gone. He's finished. There's nothing left. He says, who walked in? Who walked into the bar? His the author. <laughs> the author walked into the bar. <laughs> and suddenly he realized that he's nothing but the stroke of the pen of the author. <laughs> First taste. <laughs> he's a character in the author's mind. That's what he is. He's the stroke of his pen. <laughs> so he walked in. Ice. It could be very depressing when you think about it, right? So with another person, it's very depressing. It's like, I am the stroke of your pen. You think about me, and that's real abuse. Real abuse, and this is really, this is really a sad thing, is when the child or the person really becomes emotionally dependent on the perpetrator, what does it mean I become dependent? Not just that I need your attention, it's much more than that. That your thoughts define my existence. You have me wrapped around in so many ways because your impressions, your ideas define me. And to become a victim of that, that's real avoidizara. I basically turn this person into God. You think, therefore I am. You speak, therefore I am. Well, <laughs> What's the MS? The MS is your existence is divine. That means you're infinite. That's the difference. If my existence is defined by your thoughts, then I'm a little, little shmata who's here in order to serve your taivas and mashagas. And that's a horrible place to be. And sometimes that's who I become. I become that person based on your expectations. And that's who I am. There's nothing else. In the MS of what we're explaining here is, is the Dvar Hashem, so Bemela, you're a shtikalakus. So if you're a shtikalakus, your godliness, you're infinite. So all your definitions of how limited you are are just definitions that come because I'm missing bitl. So this redefines the nature of reality. Now today in quantum mechanics, where they learned that observers affect reality, literally. Something called Schrodinger's cat. The cat is dead or alive. The light, light is a particle or a wave 
only based on your observations. What it tells us is that the more we get closer to the tools that allow us to see the deeper layers of creation, the more we see how all matter is a reflection of consciousness. That's what it is. Until the Nekuda is going to come out, what's the Nekuda? That the whole Bria is consciousness, divine consciousness, which is Einoid Mulvadai. And if Hashem Echad, so then all consciousness is one, so the whole Bria is one. That's Bayoim Hashem Echad, Echad, the whole Bria is one. Why? Because it's Achtus, Achtus Apshuta, Einoid Mulvadai. So you're one, I'm one, we're all one. Achtus is the symbiosis of all of existence because it's really one source of consciousness. And the deeper you go into the Bria, the more you see the Achtus until you get to the Nekuda. The string theory, what is that? One. It's all one. Because the consciousness is one. Uh, yeah. So when a person, when you say Hashem wants the person as a shut of you're a partner in creation, it means that we too our thoughts affect reality <laughs> as partners. Our thoughts define reality. Machshava is not alien from reality. It defines reality. Well, how can Machshava define reality? The answer is, how can Machshava not define reality? All reality is one Machshava and Dibur. Why is it called words, not thoughts? The reason it's called words, not thoughts, this is important, because thoughts are inside. Words come out. When I think, you don't know what I'm thinking. When I speak, you hear what I'm saying. If Hashem would think the world into creation, which He does, the world wouldn't be able to experience itself outside of His thoughts. Because the thought exists inside. It's like the character in the bar, right? If it would be a thought, He would never feel separate. But because it's speech, what speech? Speech has a dual identity. It's me, but it comes out of me. And then you could take the words, you could plagiarize them, you can distort them. It happens all the time, right? I got an email, you said this in the class, I never said it, I never meant, whatever, but people hear what they want to hear, right? They hear what they want to hear. That's words. So the words is the world, the world is Hashem's words. But how do I hear those words? That depends what I'm, if I'm listening or I'm not listening. I can hear what you say, and then I say, you said what I want you to say. So the whole world is Hashem's word. But it's called a word, not a thought. That's why there's a potential for separateness. There's a potential for me to hear a speech and completely distort it. Not only that, I could steal your words. They call it plagiarizing. What's plagiarizing? You take an author's work, and then you use it in your own book. <laughs> it's called Atheist. It's called Avedizara. I told you once the word from the Rebbe I heard, So he said beautiful. He said, Dovar in Hebrew, the word for thing and the word for word is the same word. In English, you wouldn't think of that. A thing is a thing, a word is a word. In Hebrew, it's Dovar. Dovar Dibur. When you say Dvar Hashem, it's Dovar Hashem. Why? Because in Lashon Kodesh, the thing is the word. It's not separate. Dovar is Dibur, Dvar. Not separate. When you say a davar in Hebrew, it means a thing. It also means a word. Because that's the truth. The truth of davar is dibur, davar. 
whoever identifies in every dover, the shame Oimrei, the one who said it, Baruch Sha'omar Vahaya Oilam, maybe Gu'ulala You redeem the world. Oilam is from the word Helam, concealment. Maybe you redeem the world from its concealment. Because in every dover you identify the shame Oimrei, the Baruch Sha'omar Vahaya Oilam, who's saying it right now. That's how you bring Gu'ula to a helam, to a concealed world. You reveal the Pneumius of the world. And that's what all Avedis Hashem means. All Avedis Hashem is. What's Avedis Hashem? Hashem is this Nekuda. This Nekuda to reveal in every moment and in every space and in every person and in every reality and in every existence, this Emes. What? That it's all Achdus Hashem. It's all Einoid Muvad. It's all Ein Saif. That's the Emes. That's Avedis Hashem. How do you do it? Every mitzvah has its way. Here you do it with an esrig, here you do it with tefillin, here you do it with tzitzis, here you do it with money, here you do it with a Hanukkah candle, here you do it with challah, here you do it with, with, with grain, <coughs> here you do it with wine. Every mitzvah has its function. Here you do it with time, Shabbos, Yom Tevr, morning, day, Krishna. But the Nekuda is, your oimer davar b'shem oimreh. All of Yiddishkeit, they call Masachal Hashem Shamayim, what does all this mean? People think it means somehow you're a nobody. <laughs> if you do everything for the sake of God, you'll get Elam Haba. Now we're learning it's a whole deeper, deeper Indian. What does it mean doing it for the sake of God? Doing it for the sake of God means that you're actually connecting to the energy, <laughs> you're actually alive. <laughs> you want to be alive. You don't want to create a, a fake world. What does he say? Fake news, yeah? You don't want fake news. You want real news. So real news is, what's the metzius of the egg? What's the metzius of the coffee? What's the metzius of the tea? What's the metzius of me? What is it? It's Tvar Hashem. It's Elikus Mamash. It's, it's godliness. It's divinity. <coughs> is that typhus? Huh? Okay. Be'ez HaShem will continue tomorrow, 7.45. And tomorrow there's also a women's class at 9.30. Everybody have a beautiful day. A chait means you're, 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 you're misrepresenting what the world is. When you say you do the Ratz and HaShem, it means you're, you're not just doing the Ratz and HaShem, yeah. You're, you're living a life that's aligned with the thing in itself. You understand? So the Ratzon Hashem is in heaven, and then there's a world, and Hashem says, do what I want. It means you're actually, you're using the machine the way it was designed. <laughs> if not, you're fighting the machine. I'll decide that my computer is a washing machine. Imagine, a person decides their computer is a washing machine. So what do you do? Pour soap, pour shampoo, yeah? Pour some chemicals, put your clothes on it, yeah? Pour water on it, what do you... <laughs> You decide your washing machine is a computer. You're going to go... <laughs> you want to use every machine according to what it is. <coughs> Our consciousness so affects creation. That's Hashem's conscience? Yeah. Yeah. There's a voice from the Baal Shem Tev. The Gemara says, Tzadik Gezev HaKadosh Baruch Hu So the Baal Shem Tev says, What's Pshat? Unbelievable word. Not stomach. He's a He's a good guy. He's a holy guy. So he can do his consciousness. Avoid from the Baal Shem Tov. Says, what's pshat? What's the koyach of a tzaddik? 
There's Moshe Rabbein, all these people. He says that they knew how to align their consciousness with the with the with the world's consciousness, and then then you could change everything. <laughs> if I get to the back end program and I change letters, I'm changing the whole program. It's not, it's not a superstitious thing. They were holy people. They could manipulate the world. It could be if it's, if it's without bittel, yeah. It's, 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 it's part of the refinement of the world. Like in everything, it could be misused, it could be misconstrued, it could be arrogant. But the, these nakudas that came out in the last decades within secular science, <coughs> it's, it's, part of, it's, part of, uh, it's part of the refinement of the world. It's true. The Rambam, the Rambam says that even Islam and Christianity will yashir derech l'melech ha-mashiach. Everybody is connected, but you need humility. If I become a demigod, yeah, if I become a Stalin or a Pol Pot, we're not talking about that. Homos Dias, when the human being decides he's God, we're not talking about that. This is, this is the bittal. This is the humility of a person. It's not the arrogance of a person. Of course, you could take all this and misconstrue it. I'm God, but you're missing the whole point. This is an union of Kedusha. Fakir, this makes much more humility. It brings out the nothingness of arrogance. That's the achtos. It could be. It could be. Avedazara is when you ultimately detach it from the source. When the statue or the person or my emotions, and used to be statues, now it's emotions. Avedazara used to be statues, now it's emotions. Okay. So when they're detached from the source, that's Avedazara. The statue becomes holy. But when Yaakov makes a matzeva, was talking about Moshe Rabbeinu, was talking about Atzadik, who's, who's he's, he's aligned with the will of Hashem. He's not here to uh, make monkey tricks. But his consciousness in meditation, what do they try to do? Real meditation. I'm talking about Jewish meditation. You try to strip your own thoughts from the distractions and go back to your own source of consciousness. If I can go all the way back to the source of consciousness, that's the machshava from where the whole world is being created. So the Baal Shem Tov says, so it's how they can affect creation. It's a hafladik of art. Because it, it, I don't want to call it scientific, but it's a scientific vart. <laughs> there was a physicist who wrote, not long ago, he said in 50 years from now, we're not going to be using mathematics to discuss physics. If you're going to want to discuss physics, this he writes, you're going to go into a room and you're going to meditate for two hours and then you can discuss physics because it's going to a place that's not uh, mathematical. Huh? It's a different level of reality. It's a different level of reality. It's not anymore <coughs> a numbers, huh? No. Because the same way, like you, if I dream about Rabbi Jacob's house in my third, so basically, I'm a dream of I'm thinking of God, and the day you, so would be, it would be much better God. You can stop thinking about that they still exist. It would be like with this God more powerful. Who's more powerful? Who can? You, good question. Good question. What this teaches us is that essentially you're a divine experience. <laughs> You're the divine experiencing himself. So it, it could be taken in a way like, so what am I, a narcissistic experiment? That's what you say. 
<laughs> I'm your narcissist. Not successful. So you're asking a good question. You're saying all these cheshbonas are logical cheshbonas, right? A flying ball and yashmeyayin and a daydream, these are all logic. If God is really God, yeah, let him create me and be, let me be. <laughs> He'll... That's the Gehenna. He says, that's Gehenna. Very good. So that's says where you need the Vadim Kite. It's a relationship. He's creating us every moment, not just because of a logical equation. I want a relationship with you. I don't want you to, we're one. I want you to be connected. It's, it's a connection. Okay, so if we're talking about Piseichel, if we're not talking about logic, you're right. Also, if, if, if you tell me that I should believe this, fine. I came to this class and I believe it. But can I really understand this? Uh, so Fakert, if you're really using Seichel, if we want to use the world of logic, if we want to put away logic, okay, but if we want to use the world of logic, then there's no yesh ayin without constant creation. Right. Right. Why? Why? Hold on a second. Why? Because, because, because like the day dream. That can recreate itself. If I already have a reproductive gene here on this planet Earth, you know, it can can do all the job without me. Right. But 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 In other words, if you're talking about if you about the creator, the Ain Soif, right? So a piece of him is him. So his program is his program. The point is, his program, that's him. You understand what I'm saying? To have a yesh on its own, al-piseichel, if it's yesh mayayin, it can't be. But, but now that if, if I... So a mele, the yesh has to... So that's tenekud. If it was ilava olo, think about the characters in your head. You want them to be without your thoughts? They have no existence. Yesh mayayin means it has no existence. I can't Right. But I'll, right, so he can create it, but that doesn't make the yesh have power. That's about him. Shimshin <laughs> Agibir is strong. That doesn't mean he's so strong that I can do what everything he can do, not me. <laughs> you want, because Hashem can do whatever he wants, therefore the yesh could be infinite. So Hashem is infinite, not the yesh. But that's infinity. He's I, and you want him to be yesh. Hashem, yeah. You're asking good. Not believe. You're taking Hashem's koyach and you want that therefore the yesh should be independent. <laughs> but I'll be seichel, that's not him. That's you. And if he's doing it, then it's right to him. Then you're saying the same thing. I'll give you an example. They used to ask a question. Can God make another God? Right? If he can't, oh, he can't. <laughs> And if he could, he could. <laughs> so Al Piseichel, the question is a ridiculous question. Why? What does it mean he created another God? What does it mean? <laughs> if it's him, so then it's him. <laughs> and if it's another God, what mean, he created another God outside of him? Because he's God, therefore somebody else could be God. <laughs> Shimshin Agibba was very strong, yes? You'll say, Shimshin Agibba is so strong that I can jump 900 feet because he's strong. He can jump, not me. You want, because Hashem is ain't safe, so therefore the yay shouldn't need him. (laughs) 
that's what the Zakist think. Because he saw whatever, so the Yesh didn't need him. <laughs> you're typhus. So you're not going to become a kaif from this. The, why shouldn't the Yesh need him? Because he, he, yeah, he can do whatever he wants. But the Yesh can do whatever it wants. I don't exist. Maybe I should have to make like a self-driving <coughs> car. It makes a yesh that... That's not a yesh. That's what it was being masked. You're looking at the yesh like you're looking at a car. <laughs> you have to see the, the yesh is not a car. So I gave the muscle of the characters in your head. You want... I'm such a creative person. I'm an amazing person. So these guys in my brain should live without me. You're creative. So Givaldic. So they're unbelievable characters. So, so how do they become creative? I can't even begin to... But even if you, you, you could create Yesh, man. Let's say those characters are Yesh. So you could do it. But doesn't make them God. Their existence is you. You want now, they should become God because you're God. If you, if, you want, because Shimshon Agib is powerful... Therefore, I could kill all the plishtim. His gvur is his gvur, not my gvur. The yesh, the yesh's limits are because of the yesh, not because of Hashem. Because <laughs> it doesn't exist. So you want because Hashem exists. Therefore, the yesh should be able to exist outside of Hashem. Why? Because Hashem exists. You hear what I'm saying or not really? I can believe it. Not no, no, I'm not talking to you believe. I'm talking to you now logic. At least I'm trying to talk logic. If you want to suspend the laws of logic, gazun to hate. That's why I told him you need a relate. It's a better relationship. But if if you want to talk al pisechel, the fact that the ayin is ain't soiv doesn't make a yesh ain't soiv. Somebody will say because Hashem is so big, so therefore I'm now God. Why are you God? So you say God made me God. What does it mean God made you God? If you're one with Him, so then it's Him. And if you're not one with Him, what do you mean made you God? So it's not him anymore, it's you. How did you become God? Oh, he made you God, so you're part of him, fine. God is ain't soif, so fine, you're part of ain't soif, you want because God is ain't soif, therefore he should make you ain't soif detached from him. How did you become ain't soif? Where did this arrogance come from? So, talking from Hashem's perspective, talking from Hashem's perspective, he did not create Yashmah. He created... Yesh meyesh. In so other words, I and my I. So, according to you, logic that I cannot create another I, right? Yeah. You can create only yesh. Yeah. If you if you call that limited, I don't know. The person's ain't safe when he's alive is exactly the same in safe when he's ashes, when he's off or when he's dead, and he turns into nothing. Exactly the same. That's what the Gemara says about Chiyas Hamesa. The fact that the creation can be only limited. The Rambam writes in Hilchis Yisodia Teira that the fact that there's only one God is Mukhrech Al Pisechel. Why? The Rambam says, what makes two things? What makes, you say there's one table or two tables. What makes the two tables? Here's one table, here's another table, right? If you're talking about something spiritual, what makes two ideas? Does not have a, one idea is here, one idea is here. It means it's two separate ideas, right? Two ideas. You're not going to have two copies of the same uh, table. You can have a copy of the same table because what makes it a mitzvah is its physical property. So this is here, this is it. But an idea 
if you're saying the same idea like me, it's not two ideas, right? What makes two ideas is that it's two different ideas. So the Rambam says, what makes two gods? <laughs> if God is a physical table, so you have a God, you have another God. That's what the Rambam says. It's an interesting Rambam. But God is not a, a physical Metzius. So even if you call him an idea, it's not an idea either, but let's say you call it an idea. What makes a second idea? That it's different. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> huh? What? Which Nukudim? The Rambam says it. I'm calling the Rambam. So he says, Bemela, the whole idea of saying somebody says, what makes two gods? <laughs> it's a separate idea. He says, so it's not Shayach. Yeah, if you have a physical god, then you can have a billion gods. But he says, Oh, yeah. If God is an idea, yeah. So the Rambam says, if Hashem is Ein Saif and Hashem is Bli Gvul, what do you mean you have a second God? What's that mean? What does it mean? You don't have, again, we're using logic. If you want to talk without logic, okay, then, I, then we can't talk. But if you want to talk, uh-huh. but if, if, so you say there's, there's, there's a second God. What does that look like? A second infinity. So you say, no, it's, it's all infinite. Okay, so that's one Hashem. You're you typhus or not? So when you say yesh meyayin, that he has to create every moment, it's not mitzad a chisarin in Hashem. It's mitzad a chisarin in the yesh. That's not a chisarin in Hashem. If I say that I'm weak, it doesn't mean Shimshon Agibra is weak. It means I'm weak. Shimshon Agibra is so strong, he can make me strong. He's strong. My weakness doesn't mean he's weak. It means I'm weak. When you say the yesh needs a birdie every moment, it's not because he's weak, it's because the yesh doesn't exist. So you're saying, let make it exist. I can make it exist, but it's not becoming God instead of God. Now if you want to ask another question, because seichel was also created, so there's no seichel. So why do we be using logic here? Creation doesn't have to do with logic. The muscle of a ball and a stone and daydreams and yeshma. It's all nice, mashal, and beautiful in a person's world. I understand I have to keep on throwing the ball that's going to land. I have to recreate every moment the kayak that flies. Fine, I get it. Okay. <laughs> the point is, even if it's an Atonian example, it's just bringing out an akuda that when something is is not innate to the to the Bria, when it's not innate to the Bria. <coughs> no, but so, so essentially you need a force. So, it def- so it, you have to define it by the force. Don't define it by the thing itself. Now, if you want to suspend all laws of logic... So it's a weakness in the Yesh. It's not a weakness in Hashem. Actually, what happens then if I... You're saying the yesh is not ain't soif. Yes, it's not. It's, it never existed. Hashem is ain't soif. So you want, because Hashem is ain't soif, the yesh should become ain't soif. He should become his own God? No, you want him to be God because of God. Okay, that's what we're saying. Actually, it's not a chisar in yesh. Opposite. If you say that yesh cannot exist without I, so it means yesh always resides. So yesh is a mind. You're right. It's a, it's a bigger than You're right. It's, a, it's an existence that... Uh, that it only exists in the ayin, with the ayin, because of the ayin. You're right. It, you're right. It turns the yesh into divine. <laughs> but 
But now you want the yesh should exist on its own, outside of the divine, because Hashem is ain't soif. That doesn't make the yesh ain't soif. Elamai, you want the yesh to exist ain't soif, mitzad ain't soif. That's like God making a second God. That is God. God making a second God means God. <laughs> it says about Yaakov Avinu, this week's parsha. Vayikra loy keil elikei Yisrael. Rashi says it's from a Gemara Megillah, Kaddish Baruch Hu Kare Yaakov Kale. Hashem called Yaakov Kale. What does that mean? Huh? Because it's a manifestation of Hashem. That, yeah. To say Hashem should create a second God that's separate from Him. I'll be saying that that's it's a ludicrous statement. How is that thing God? It's not what? Because Hashem, so then it's Hashem. <laughs> You want it to be good. Right. And if, it were, and if it was a created God, so how did it become God? <laughs> so it's created. <laughs> so you want him to... Because Hashem is so big and powerful and infinite, He can create a second God. Because He's God, therefore I'm God. His bleak vol means... Yeah, his bleak vol. So Hashem is... So Hashem is limited. I'll peace seichel. That's not called a limitation. You no, know, it's not the answer. That's not called a limitation. I'll peace seichel. If I cared, if Hashem is Hashem, yeah, and there's no existence, so it means the yesh doesn't exist. If I cared, because Hashem is Hashem, because He's ain't so. If there's no other existence, He's not competing with a yesh. So that means the yesh doesn't exist because He's Hashem, because He's ain't so. So now you want the yesh to exist? Fine, you can do what you want. So He created. Now you want it should exist on its own. What should exist? Nothing existed here. Nothing exists. He exists. Okay, so that's what exists. Infinite consciousness in a finite form. Good. It says in the end of Prikayavis, every Briya has its unique manifestation of Hashem's glory. Hashem is Every Bria has its unique features that manifest Hashem in its own way. There's no competition. There's no kinah b'may sibirashas. Why did it say chas v'shalom? It's a good question. Right. Look. <laughs> So in one second, you wouldn't know about it. Right, the chas v'shalom is, is something else. Because it says in Torah, So Hashem says it's toiv ma'id. So that's going to be bottle, so it's chas v'shalom. Yeah, the Bible Shalom defines it as toiv ma'id. So if that's in this bottle, it's a yin of chas v'shalom. That, that's the word. Not because he's worried. <laughs> This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.